Well, uh, Steve, uh, definitely it's not uh, unusual now for churches, especially the Pentecostal charismatic churches. If you look at traditional mainline churches like Methodist churches, Baptist churches, uh, you know, they don't uh, charge that much. That is if they do charge. But for the Pentecostal charismatic churches, you know, we have uh, maybe artists using their venues for concerts. You pay, you come, you you use the venue, you pay, uh, and all that. But from uh, from what they have been charging, first the, the shocker is is eighty nine thousand uh, uh, rand, and the second is uh, you know you're charging that amount of money. The argument from a lot of people is uh, Joe Marcella is not a member. The later actor Joe Marcella is not a member of Grace Bible Church. So he, he cannot get a free ride, he cannot get a free memorial service, which is sort of like a practice that they do there. They do give a free, uh, you know, free user venue and sometimes just for a little bit of money. But for me, uh, if you look at it from a biblical perspective, which is what uh, governs churches, uh, for me, my understanding of the Bible, the Bible says freely you, give, you receive and freely you should give. Uh, people come to church every Sunday, they pay tithes. They, take, they pay offering, and it's quite a lot of money that goes into first uh, building the building and trying to maintain the building. Yes, I know the building needs to be maintained every month, uh, you know, and that's why they say they're charging. You need to get security, you need to get mobile toilets, you need to get that main going, you need to get electricity, you have to pay for it and all that. But at the same time, you, we really have to look at it and say, as an MPO, you know, you don't pay tax as an NPO. Is that really uh, the way that it should be? Should we charge? And secondly, if we charge, how much should we charge? Should we charge that much? Because for me, sometimes the figure, uh, not just Grace Bible Church, but other churches do charge, is quite very high. One of the things that uh, churches will also perhaps point to, apart from the, the overheads and, uh, you know, the actual staff, is some of their outreach efforts, uh, be it uh, soup kitchen or the work they do in communities. Are our churches indeed, uh, you know, using the money they get to, to make an active difference in the communities in which they reside? Yeah, some churches definitely do that. I know Grace Bible Church itself, they have a mobile clinic where they go to communities and uh, do different tests and also vaccination, HIV tests and all that. But for me, generally, I think the church is is not active in communities because the main reason why you're, you're tax-free is because you, you support community projects, you do community projects, you try to fight poverty, you try to help families, you provide education in so, so many different ways. But the church today in South Africa, the church today in Johannesburg, I, I have to be honest with you, Stephen, I'm ashamed of the church when it comes to its community involvement because when you look at it from a biblical perspective, when you look at the church in the book of Acts and when the church started, the template that Jesus left, you know, is more about community and less about coming to the building to fellowship together. You know, the life of a church should be in the community. Uh, you know, how are we looking at issues, social issues, and, and trying to solve the educational issues and trying to solve it? When xenophobia happened, what did the church do? Did the church try to provide some sort of a trauma counseling or accommodation for people who were displaced or try to provide goods for uh, stores that we are, that, that, that we are, that, that we are bro- broke into? Those are the questions that we need to ask. For me, the church generally in South Africa, we're doing far, far, far below average. We're not really meeting, uh, you know, the, the, the target that was set from a biblical perspective. You know, where you share what you have. But we are accumulating and putting it together, and we become more like a, actually like a social, like a social club and not a, a mm. church anymore. 
Has that, I mean, you speak of the existing problem. Let's go back, say, 20, 30 years perhaps. I mean, is this something which is just fairly new in the South African context? Can we look back to a time some years ago, for instance, where our churches were indeed sort of operating according to those those sentiments that you've expressed about what they should actually be doing. I mean, is this quite a modern change in the way uh, churches are now going out there and competing for, ultimately, uh, for for the money in our pockets? Yes, I think one of the biggest mistakes that uh, a lot of churches have made recently, Stephen, is changing its, uh, its, its format and its approach. Instead of approaching issues and uh, uh, running the church from a biblical perspective, We've seen a lot of change in an, an approach that is very business, uh, from a business perspective. So we borrow from a business model uh, from outside of the church, uh, you know, from big corporations and institutions, and then try to implement it in church, uh, you know, uh, which is not bad, but we cannot take everything and try to implement it in church because the church is actually supposed to run totally different. The church is, you know, the, a society, a town, a city, should know there is presence of a church when there's a church there. Because the church is opposite of the, you know, it's almost like the opposite of the business world. We share a lot of values with the business world, with banking or mining or whatever, but the church in itself, the way it functions, the way it should give, the way it, uh, it gives sacrificially, the way it gives without really expecting anything. Businesses give with, expect, you know, expecting for profit, not for free, and that's fine because they are business. But the church in itself, when we look at that, and we ask ourselves, are we really following the biblical mandate? Are we following uh, biblical instructions? Are we doing that a bit by bit in a way that we're going to be able to uh, stand out and help community and help, uh, you know, society? Because outside of the government, the, the society looks up the church to solve, you know, a lot of problems. And I think right now we are far, far, far below average, unfortunately. And, and issues like these are wake-up calls for churches to really go back to the drawing board and say, look, maybe we need to revisit our history 30 years ago, 40, 50 years ago, uh, you know, uh, what was history of the church? How was the functionality of the church like? Uh, and from there, we can really borrow a whole lot. But if we really want to achieve and build a big church uh, or be vibrant and presence in the, in the community and society, using the media, without really dealing with issues that, God is after, because God is after people, whether they are strangers, whether you know them, whether you don't know them, whether they attend your church or don't attend your church, there's no need to discriminate. Whether they're white, they're black, there's no need to discriminate. All God expects is to help. Sure. Solomon, unfortunately, this kind of incident kind of makes us perhaps paint all churches in the same light, which would be completely incorrect. Would you think yes. it would be a, a sensible way to try and create a, a, a legislative division between the types of churches and the way they operate? I mean, how would that work? We, we had the Commission for the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Cultural, Religious, and Linguistic Communities looking into commercializations. Do we need to separate, saying well, this is going to be a church which is run along those traditional lines? It's not a money-making thing. It's all about giving back. And then we have the other churches which are exploiting, and we know who they are. Yeah, we know who they are, definitely. And, uh, you know, uh, I feel, uh, you know, uh, churches, unfortunately, there are a lot of churches doing well, uh, doing so well in the community. And I feel Grace Bible Church is one of those churches, though I tend to disagree with with the charges when it comes to the venue. 
Uh, I would want to see a situation where you charge less salary if you do charge anything. Uh, and and I'm, a, I'm an advocate of saying, look, use our facility for free. You know, I'm an advocate, especially for deeds like this. But if we look at the two, you know, we have the traditional mainline churches and we have the charismatic Pentecostal churches. And unfortunately, the traditional mainline churches are being given a bad name themselves by a lot of the Pentecostal charismatic churches. We've seen that. We have that. Yes, uh, we separate them. We cannot separate them because we have to have a template. We have to have a, a church that is driven by the same values. You know, but the, but the mainstream church and the traditional uh, and the Pentecostal charismatic churches should be driven by the same values. We cannot separate them. But we've seen a whole lot of issues now where they're actually separating themselves based on their beliefs and based on how their, their theology, their doctrine, and how things should be done. Uh, you know, so now we say, how do we go back to the biblical truth? Because it's all about going back to the biblical truth. I don't blame the government for, try, for trying to intervene and try to say and set up the, you know, Religious Rights Commission and all that. Uh, you know, and I feel even the Religious Rights Commission sometimes it's more like powerless because I know churches that have been invited to show up there and they haven't showed up, uh, you know, and, and all that kind of thing. But, but we need to go back to biblical truth. We need to get like the South Africa Council of Churches, the Evangelical Alliance, the Baptist Union, uh, the Methodist, you know, Union. We need to say, look, how do we have umbrellas, you know, that we can have, you know, leaders that oversee all this? I don't think we've, we've been able to do that the way that it should, especially the charismatic Pentecostal churches. You know, uh, we need to have some sort of umbrella where you're answerable to this body, and you also have to be transparent to this body. You have to stay uh, and execute the mandates and the values of this body, you know, together you have one voice. But we have not been able to do that. We have churches who are mushrooming everywhere. They're not answerable to anyone. They, 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 they don't uh, pay their taxes. You know, they don't pay their, their, their dues the way that they should. Uh, even people in the community, they say they do this. You know, it's not enough to have a soup kitchen, Stephen. Uh, soup kitchen is, 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 is gone by far. Back in the day, what Christians always do is to set up an orphanage. You know, it's set up, uh, you know, a home where people would, you know, if you some of Salvation Army and, and the Red Cross Society and all these movements were started by Christians. Thank you. We're going to have to leave it there by Solomon Ashram.